These last four weeks, we have been preparing our hearts, our minds, ourselves in the season of Advent to celebrate this moment, the birth of Jesus Christ. Merry Christmas, everyone. Yeah. Some of you are excited. Some of you are ready for lots of different reasons to get to Christmas. My name is John, and I have the privilege of serving as one of the pastors here at Whitewater Crossing. It is an honor to share this Christmas with all of you. And whether this is your first time joining us in the room or online, or this is your church home, let me be the first to say, welcome to our island of misfit toys. Welcome. I want you to understand, to, to get this out of the way up front, that maybe if this is your first time here and you're wondering, like, what to expect and how long do we stand and are we going to sit? Do we stand? What are we going to do? Like, how, like, let me just say right up front, um, we're all misfits here, okay? I don't know what you brought in through the door, but I'm letting you know what's here. There is not a single person in this room who has it all together, so welcome to the Island of Misfits. I want you to turn to the person on your right and say, you're a misfit. <laughs> now turn to the person on your left and say, so are you. <laughs> Good. Now that we got that out of the way and we're all on the same page, let me just take a moment to share a few words about a king who would step down from his throne for a bunch of misfits like me and you. Yup, I heard it, yup. <laughs> misfits, who are all in, in this like season of waiting, right? We're all waiting for something. We're, we're waiting at this point, you're checking nonstop Amazon for the last minute package to arrive, right? Praying it's gonna come in by the 24th like it said it would, and the neighbor isn't gonna steal it. We're all waiting for something. Big things, small things, insignificant things, serious things. We're all waiting. And, and in the midst of the waiting, in the midst of the hustle and bustle, in the midst of wondering what you'll get for Christmas, I know my son is about to burst. In the midst of wondering how long this service will be, in the midst of wondering and waiting, maybe if things will ever change. In the midst of everything that all of us have going on in our lives. We're all going through something. And in the midst of all of that waiting, my deepest desire is for you this Christmas to unwrap and receive the gift of hope this Christmas. It's the only gift that will actually sustain and fill the void that every single one of our souls longs for. A hope that cannot be shaken regardless of what our circumstances may be. And I just want to be honest that, that there are some folks with us right now, listening right now, that, that Christmas is hard. Some of us, we can't wait for Christmas. Others, Christmas is hard. Many of our friends and family in our community, in your row, sitting maybe right beside you watching 
This time of year stirs up painful memories. It reminds them of how alone they are. It reminds them of how much they don't have. It reminds them of how forgotten they are. And some kids, some kids, they can't wait, right, for Christmas. And they can't wait for Christmas break. But there are many others that dread Christmas break. Because Christmas break means no school. And no school for them means no food. Those of you who are educators, you know this cycle. No school for them means being at home, and home is filled with unhealth, abuse, and neglect. See, for every amazing, beautiful, joy-filled Christmas story, there are many other heartbreaking stories. And my hope is that no matter what your story is right now, is that you will invite Jesus into your story. Because he is the only one who can bring hope to any hopeless story. Psalm 62, verse 5, it says this. It says, yes, my soul finds rest in God. May we all find rest in God. My hope comes from him. Truly, he is my rock and my salvation He is my fortress. I will not be shaken. And I speak that word over your life in the days to come that you will not be shaken. That type of unshakable hope is what is at the center of our Christmas story. That is at the center of your nativity scene, what is in the manger. The story of Jesus intertwining his story with our story. The Christmas story, it's it's a common story. I'm sure you maybe have heard it. You've seen movies that reference it. It's really common at, at Christmas, at our Christmas Eve service, for a pastor to get up and share the Christmas story. And so I thought that maybe we could do something a little different this year. All right, to, to kind of maybe keep you on your toes, to wake up the kids, to maybe wake up your neighbor. Just give them a little kick. Let them know it's almost done. Just, just a little something. Keep their eyes open. So we're going to help keep their eyes open right now, all right? So here's what I need from you. All the kids, all right? I know you're here, and I know you can't wait. I need you right now. So if you are a kid, either at heart or in age, I'm going to read a story And whenever I say the name Jesus, I want you to say, I'm the king of the world, like out loud, okay? So I'm going to practice. I say Jesus, you say, boom, y'all got this. All right. Adults, it's your turn. When I say Mary, all the ladies are going to say, I am highly favored. All right. Let's practice, ladies. Mary. That's right, you better put some stank on that, okay? I am highly favored, okay? Gentlemen, when I say Joseph, you say, I'm a righteous man, okay? Let's practice. Joseph. Ooh, they ready for that. Woo! They did, they came. All right, kids, it's your turn again. When I say angel, you say, glory to God, all right? Angel. Y'all got this. And last but not least, 
Those of you that fall between the ages of 10 and 18, we're going to call them our tweens, all right? Listen, tweens to teens, when I say shepherds, I want you to be like, give me your meh, like, ah, all right? Ah, y'all who got middle school kids, you know, ah, all right? Shepherds. See, told you. All right, here we go. Here's the story. Remember all your stuff. All right. This is how Jesus, you got this. The Messiah was born. His mother, Mary, put some stank on it, was engaged to be married to Joseph. Yeah. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly. So he decided to break the engagement quietly. And he cons- as he considered this, an angel, glory to God, y'all better wake up, kids, of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel, there you are, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins. When Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary as his wife. The time came for Mary's baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn son, Jesus. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. That night, there were shepherds uh, staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them, don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David, and you will recognize him by this sign. You'll find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph. And there was Jesus lying in a manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened about the angel and what they had said to him about the child. All who heard the shepherds were astonished. But Mary kept all these things in her heart, and she thought about them often. And that is the Christmas story. Give yourselves a round of applause. Them Josephs, man, they was a righteous man. They were bringing the heat. The Christmas story, the most unexpected and extraordinary story of hope being born in a manger. This is what we celebrate at Christmas, hope. 
This is, is why we give thanks and, and why we worship a king who would step down from his throne to bring hope to a broken world. This is who Jesus is. Listen, some of you may have grown up in religion and not relationships, so let me tell you who Jesus is. Jesus didn't come into the world to judge it, but to save it. He came to this world so that we may have life and live it to the fullest. Jesus said this, not me. Jesus said that he didn't come for those that think they are righteous, but for those who are a mess and know that they're a mess and are looking for help to heal. He came for misfits like you and me. He came to turn the world upside down and give strength to the weak, to give power to the powerless to break the chains of the oppressed and to care for the marginalized, the least, and the lost. He came so that we may have hope and not despair. This is Jesus. This is our king. This is who is in the manger. Is this who you see in your manger Maybe at home in the little nativity scene or when you see one at the store on the shelf, a little porcelain little thing, like, oh, cute little baby. What do you see in the manger? Do you see King Jesus in the manger or do you see seven pounds, seven ounce baby Jesus in the golden fleece diaper? Because here's the deal. Who you see in the manger is who you put on the throne of your life. Too often, too many people, they just don't know who Jesus is. Maybe some people that are church people, they've not reflected actually Jesus. They've reflected religion. So you haven't met Jesus. See, too often, too many people who don't know who Jesus is, you know, especially if they've only ever heard about him at Christmas time, then all they think is like, you know, that's baby Jesus lying in a manger. Like, and if all people know about Jesus is that he's a baby who lies in a manger, why would any sane person dedicate their lives to a baby? Why would any sane person make a baby Lord and leader of their life? That'd be crazy, right? Because if all we ever see is a baby in a manger and not a king, listen, we're choosing despair, okay? All the moms in the house did a silent amen, <laughs> right? And I love babies and they're precious and they represent new life and all that good stuff, but boss baby didn't save the world. King Jesus did, okay? All the moms, hang with me. Babies are bossy, okay, right? They're needy. They're demanding, they're controlling, right? They're dictating every ounce of life that you got left in your life, right? Am I wrong? No, I am not. Listen, if Christmas for you is a baby in a manger, you then will be ruled by a world that is bossy, demanding, controlling, and one that poops on you all the time. As we wrap up 2021, too many of our friends and family are stuck in this cycle of despair because they still see a little baby in the manger and not a king 
who can change their world. I want you to meet Jesus and see Jesus for who he really is. He is King, Messiah, the author and perfecter of our faith, our mighty counselor, our prince of peace. He is a chain-breaking, life-changing, hope-dealing savior of the world. And through him, nothing is impossible. That's Jesus. That's who we celebrate, and he is worthy of all our praise. Who do you see in your manger, a baby or a king? In the midst of all the noise that our world has added to Christmas, I want you to know the quiet and profound truth that Jesus loves you, that he is for you, that he is with you, that his love for you is no matter what. No matter what. God's word says that there is nothing that can separate you from his love. Nothing. That's a strong, absolute word. Nothing. When religion has told you something, Jesus says nothing can separate you from his love. May you know that quiet and profound truth that there's nothing you can do to make God love you any more or less. He came so that you may have relationship, not religion. This is why we celebrate. This is who we celebrate. It's why we come together and gather, not just on Christmas. We are open the rest of the year. Just, just throwing that out there. Ain't, ain't no shade. Ain't no shade. Ain't no shame. Just an FYI friendly service announcement. We are open between Christmas and Easter. I didn't say no. <laughs> right now, we're going to step into a moment that in the kind of like church world, we call communion. It's a moment where Jesus people just take a moment, they carve out some space, and, and they remember Jesus. When you came in, you were offered a, a little cup, and inside of it, it had like a cracker and some juice. If you didn't get one, just raise your hand up real high. Lou needs one in the front row. I called him out because I can. He's a good man. He's a righteous man. <laughs> Keep your hand up. We want to get you the elements for communion. Here, here's what happened. When Jesus, he stepped into this world as a baby, but he grew to be a man who would then die on a cross for every single one of us. And communion is a time when we, as Jesus believers, we, we come together and we say, okay, um, what did Jesus say? He said, when you gather together, remember me. So this is what we do to remember how he stepped in as light into darkness, a light that no darkness can extinguish. 
He gathered his friends together. He took some bread and he said, friends, this bread that I'm showing you right now, it represents my body, he said, my body that is given for you. I want you to take this and eat this and remember me as often as you gather, the body of Christ. In the same way, he took some wine and he gave thanks for it. You know it's okay to give thanks for wine. That's for another sermon on another day. Jesus did it. Some of y'all don't know what to do with that statement. It's fine. I love you. He raised it to the heavens and he gave thanks for it. And he said, friends, this wine, it represents my blood that will be poured out for you to cover the sins for generations to come. As often as you gather, drink this in remembrance of me, the blood of Christ. Father, I thank you for all you have done. You have done enough. Father, I thank you for stepping into our broken world and offering us hope. Father, I ask that that you move tonight in our hearts and in our minds, that you strip away the barriers and you bring peace and hope to our brokenness, that you meet us in our mess with the beautiful message of love. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. It's in your name that all God's people said, amen. Amen. We are a community in need of hope. All of us. We're just a bunch of fellow strugglers who found hope in Jesus. So naturally, we want to give hope to other people that are in despair. And to do that, it takes radical generosity. That's just who you are, Whitewater. This past year, you provided over 2,000 families with food assistance through the Life Center Food Pantry. That included over 4,000 children. 219 families were provided financial assistance from the Life Center Resource Fund. 21 families awarded vehicles through wheels. Over 1,000 care bags distributed to the homeless. Through our partnerships with United Way in Hamilton County, over $130,000 was distributed to people in need. One of the many stories of hope and life change coming out of your efforts is John, whose physical and mental health needs were met through the Life Center and Celebrate Recovery. I was alone. I felt I was in deep despair. I was like, I had nowhere to go. I had no money. So every year we collect a Christmas Eve offering and every penny donated goes outside our doors to meet the growing needs of our community. Through your Christmas Eve offering last year, along with the continued generosity all year long, hundreds of lives have been impacted as tangible needs were met, not just through our Life Center, but through partners like Block Ministries and Weightless Anchor who are getting messy and showing love in huge ways. Just to bring light to darkness because Weightless Anchor is, while we wanna bring hope and we wanna bring love and light to all these women, it's not always peace and light in this house. There's a lot of darkness, a lot of the women come in carrying heavy, heavy, heavy burdens. Because of your generosity, we were able to buy Weightless Anchor a house that will be used to provide help and hope to the women in greatest needs on the streets of Price Hill. 
Whitewater, this year is no exception, as the Life Center and Three Rivers Schools will be the recipients of this year's Christmas Eve offering. A faith advisory was actually formed seven years ago, and through that partnership, you have shown amazing generosity by providing shoes and food for under-resourced kids in the school system. But that was just the beginning. As a counselor, I have the opportunity to lean into these families when they are in some of their most vulnerable places, and we get to walk alongside them as they navigate through some tough situations, whether that be basic needs, mental health, um, or family circumstances that are affecting their child at school. What we've learned in education is it's no longer about just teaching math, reading, and writing. It's about meeting the whole child, and it's our job to help them with their mental well-being. Uh, their basic resources and teach them. As a district, we know the need and we want to help, but it's really difficult sometimes. We have to creatively find the funding and the finances to be able to support these different programs and things that we want to give our students and kids. Mostly we deal with adults at the Life Center, uh, but it's always in our mind how decisions of these adults are affecting uh, their children and their family units and we're certainly not well equipped to handle all the multitude of issues that uh, children, whether they're grade school, preschool, or even adolescence, encounter because of decisions their adults are making. As I started hearing the stories, and I would be in a principal's office when a child would come in, and I'd hear them talk about the abuse that the child faced the night before, or the neglect, um, or the, the pain that they're going through from suffering from losing a parent. It, it makes it really difficult. Uh, we're known for meeting a wide variety of needs in our guest lives. One thing, however, we've not done well at is meeting all of the mental health and emotional needs of our families. Uh, recently, after surveying Taylor High School students, 25% of those identified that they would like assistance with their mental health, which is pretty significant. Another 20% said they didn't have a trusted adult in their life. Another 10% another said they didn't like who they are as a person at all. Sadly, I've done funerals of students who have harmed themselves, taken their lives far too soon, left families and peers in the wake of those tragic decisions. And when you have 25% of your students saying they want assistance with their mental health, you have to act, you have to get them help, you have to get them some resources. At Three Rivers, Whitewater Crossing is walking the walk every single day and being the best stewards of your giving. Um, I've never gone over to campus um, and gone a whole week without seeing somebody from Whitewater Crossing pouring their love into our, our school community. I have referred so many people to the Life Center at Whitewater. I'm keeping them very busy, but what it does is it gives our families hope and it gives me as an educator um, a conversation I can have with them that they, there actually is somebody out there who cares about you and there's somebody out there who can also um, pour into you and, and give you the resources you need. And while I might never be able to have the opportunity to see how it affects every single child, um, I know that the impact is being made. Jacket Cares is an initiative that was born of the fact that our district wants to step up and connect with these students and families and meet specific needs, whether that be food, shelter, clothing, um, or things like mental health resources, social emotional curriculum. Uh, they'll have boots on the ground, everyday interaction with the students. Uh, they'll help inform us about how we can partner with them for more meaningful outcomes in these 
these families' lives. Our jobs have become very busy, but it gives us so much opportunity to work with these families and to love these kids. And that's the whole point of Jacket Cares, is to love these children. And I'm so grateful um, to partner with Whitewater. This year, half of our Christmas Eve offering will go to continued support of our Life Center, and the other half towards this new Jacket Cares partnership with Three River School. Your radical generosity can help provide hope for the one, the one who is tragically hurting and is desperate for hope. Well, my name's David Vaughn. I'm also a pastor here at Whitewater. Been here for a few years. We want to welcome you in this building, and those of you who are watching online, it is indeed one of the best things we do all year. It's our practice, our tradition on Christmas Eve to collect that kind of love offering that we totally give away to others in need. It is what we call the church working right. You just saw on that video what a huge impact was made from all that we did last year. We're able to shine a light in some very dark places. As mentioned earlier, this year's love offering will be kind of a 50-50 split between the Life Center and her partners and these at-risk students just down the street at Three Rivers School District through their Jacket Cares initiative. And it's going to help eliminate what I'm kind of calling the invisible backpack that our kids are carrying. That backpack is full of depression, anxiety, poverty. It's really weighing them down. And as JT Finally says, not on our watch. We're going to do something about that. In fact, Isaiah 25 says, You have been a refuge for the poor, for the needy in their distress, a shelter from the storm, and a shade from the heat. That's what we want to be. And even if you're not sure about this Jesus in the manger or Jesus as king, you surely know something inside of you tells you it's good to give to people who are in need. We believe, those of us who follow the Bible, that that's our mandate. But no matter where you are in your continuing following Christ, we invite you because Jesus says you'll be blessed when you give. A buddy of mine, Ron, was recently involved in helping those devastated by the tornado down in Kentucky. I was talking to him this week, and he said, Dave, the best gift you'll ever receive is the feeling of giving to those truly in need. You know why that is? Because we're created, we're like hardwired by our maker, God Almighty, to be givers. And we simply ask you to give tonight because he gave. Someone said you're never more like God than when you give. Now there are multiple ways for you to give today here and online. You can text to give, and some of you will be doing that. Text to give by testing, texting the word give to 513-466-1424 on the screen. You can give through our mobile app. You can give in some blue wooden offering boxes as you leave. And then I have a special treat for you. Something we used to do all the time, and we haven't done it for years. We've got offering bags that we have dusted off. We've resurrected those bags. And during this next song, they're going to come down the aisle. It's just such a special occasion that we want that bag to go right by your way. So during this next song, as those bags are passed, 
I encourage you to get out your wallet, get out your neighbor's wallet. No, somebody say, David, I'm never coming back. No. Get out your checkbook or get on your phone. And can we just show compassion to the least of these in our community who happen to be not as privileged as we are? Friend, I have been uh, your pastor almost 20 years. I have asked for almost that 20 years for your generosity on more than one occasion. I'm asking you tonight, could we make a difference one more time? Would you pray about what you might do? I just am claiming that God will give us something special tonight. It's already special because you're here. Think about what the church working right could be as we share that light and it floods our community and our world. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the message of this hour that it's about Jesus. Born, died, resurrected, coming again. And because he was a giver, we can be givers. God, I want something for people in this room and for people watching online right now. I don't want something from them. I want something for them. And it wouldn't be Christmas without giving. And it wouldn't be a Christmas celebration without knowing we are making a difference for the least of these. So God, may we show light tonight. May we show hope tonight. May we give hope for those who are hopeless. And God, even though Jesus was rich, for our sake he became poor so that we could become rich in him. We ask this now in Christ's name, amen.